0: The Umpire Inspire Podcast is all about the stories, all about the journeys, and all about the heart of being an umpire. I'm your host, Jason Becker. Well, hi folks, Jason here. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Umpire Inspire Podcast. On this show, we celebrate extraordinary and ordinary umpires from all around the world who inspire us. And you can hear past episodes And find out much more at umpireinspire.com. And if you're enjoying this show, I'd be really grateful if you would leave a brief and honest review over at Apple Podcasts so other umpires can find the show and hear from our great guests. And speaking of great guests, today I'm visiting with Dan Campanolo from California, USA. High school umpire community college umpire, little league umpire, umpire trainer, uh, bringer of wisdom, skilled storyteller, and a, uh, and a gentleman who over a long career has inspired many, many umpires. And today, you know, that includes yours truly. I love listening to the veteran guys. I really do. And I came away from this conversation with Dan just feeling great and uh eager i guess eager to serve both on the field and also among the umpires who come into my own life i hope maybe dan will have that same effect on you please enjoy my conversation with dan campanolo dan welcome to the umpire inspired podcast thank you so much for joining us
1: thank you for having me jason this will be fun
0: it will be fun uh dan I'm looking at your resume here. It is lengthy. (laughs) And uh, which leads me to believe that we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. So this is going to be a lot of fun. My first question for you, Dan, before I ask you to just sort of introduce yourself is you're a little league umpire, you're a high school umpire, you're a college umpire. Is picking between the three like picking your favorite kid? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough
1: because you have a couple of kids. What are you going to pick? You know, (laughs) Um, yeah, it all it it bases back down to Little League. But still, I love the high school and I did the college for eight years. So I don't have done college the last couple of years.
0: Well, we have a lot to talk about with all three of those uh, levels of play, Dan. So before we get there, hey, just introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are a little bit about your umpiring background and what you're up to right now
1: uh i'm dan campanolo and i just turned 70 years old yesterday
0: hey congrats pal (laughs) it's
1: all good yeah uh all healthy so that's good
0: Good.
1: um i'm retired high school educator i retired in 2012 um in fact i always tell people 2012 was the best year of my entire life uh number one is it was uh our 40th anniversary for my wife and I. And number two, it was the uh, retirement of my high school, 39 years as a high school educator career. And number three, the Little League World Series. And, and I tell people, as long as my wife's not around, the way I just told them to was not necessarily the importance <laughs> of those events.
0: <laughs> she understands.
1: Yeah. So um, that's a heck yeah, of a year, it, Dan. Going back to the to the beginning of umpiring, um, I think I started just like probably ninety five percent of us. Uh, I coached little league baseball when my kid was starting t ball, and stayed a manager for many years um, up through majors. In fact, when I got a major team, they made us myself as a manager and the coach umpire uh, into the farm leagues. And I, I was this, while I was umpiring some games, I told myself I really like this part i do like it Uh, i'll probably need to get some training but when my kids are all done with baseball youth baseball and they've gone as far as they want to go and i'm done coaching and managing i'm going to give back i'm going to give back to little league as a volunteer umpire and see where that takes me from there and it did it i umpired for many years and i still do for little league um and I got into the high school umpiring. Uh, I've been doing that, I don't know, 15, 18 years. And uh, and into the um, college level, not the D1 level, although I did some teams on preseason games. But nevertheless, the college level, um, what they call community college, JC college, some people call it. Sure. And uh, enjoy I all of them. Fantastic. They are different levels, but nevertheless, they're all fun.
0: Uh 2012. I can't get over that. (laughs) What a year. Uh, And we're certainly going to get back to that in some detail later, Dan, because you had quite a summer. I know. Um, I'd like to ask you, Dan, to start your story today in the middle chapters. And let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning of you working high school. At that time, you had already been a Little League umpire for many years. Yes. You know, I'm asking because I'm in a very similar spot. I did my very first year of high school baseball last year after being Little League only for many years, and I loved it, by the way, absolutely loved it, and I'm looking forward to getting back out on that field. What was the transition like for you? What made you decide to think about pursuing high school, and what was it like for you those first few years?
1: I think um, I went to my first high school clinic in 03. So that's probably when I started that year,
0: yeah.
1: uh, 2003. So um, I think uh, one of my umpire friends that I'd been doing Little League for years, and he got into the high school group a year or two before. He said, Dan, you belong here. This is fun. This is great. So I went to the clinic and um, – they liked me. And they accepted me. And that first year of high school baseball, it was mostly the JV teams. Um, some of them were one man, uh, sure. You know, and and the ones that were two man were fun. But uh, I was evaluated. I know I was um, by the organizers of the uh, of the group and um, and the mentors, and they they watched me and they they liked me. They liked what they saw. And before you know it, I was doing some varsity games, not the highest level ones, but I was doing some varsity games that very first year. And I might be one of the only high school umpires in our group that the very first rookie year, I, I actually got a CS, CCS Central Coast section playoff game wow. on the basis. Yeah, wow. that was unreal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've, been, I've been with them ever since. Uh, same group I love working with these guys The good umpires we do good training um, and I'm one of the instructors now I've been for probably the last 10 years but uh, we do a lot of training and we do a lot of meetings we talk about a lot of things I do presentations at the meetings and it's just fun to work with these guys and going to different high schools in our Bay Area on any given day i probably do three or four high school games a week during the season. I like it.
0: I hear you. And in my first year, I started in a very similar way, working JV games. Um, I was fortunate. I always had a partner, had a great time, and was just really taken aback and surprised by the quality of the coaches and the players. I guess I I hadn't quite thought it through just yet, but I was so pleasantly surprised at – just the attitudes, the knowledge of the game, the the willingness to do it the right way, so to speak, in regards to how to treat an umpire, how to communicate with us. Did you find that as well where you were working?
1: Uh, yes, um, that's good. The high school players just more respect for the game,
0: yeah,
1: uh, and and they are better. The, the catchers are a whole lot better. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, I remember the story. I was doing a West Catholic playoff game at um santa clara university is is where they use the shot stadium
0: Very nice. where they
1: use that field beautiful field yeah. nice nice venue and i'm doing the plate and it's a three-man crew and i remember just feeling so good as i walked up towards a plate meeting and had the plate meeting and after the second pitch i said whoa I forgot to put on my shin guards
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs>
1: and my catcher, who knew me anyway from, from the schools, because I was doing what, some of the higher levels at that time. Don't worry, Dan, uh, I got you covered. And I said, yeah, until he fouls one off. But nevertheless, <laughs> and of course, the first batter got on base and uh, went through five batters to get the three outs. And after those three outs, I made a beeline. Luckily, the umpire's dressing room was right off third base uh, side there mm-hmm. next to the dugout. And I took my third base umpire. His name was Dan. Alls. I said, Dan, come with me. And he goes, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and we went, put on my shin guards, came back. Nobody knew nothing about nothing. All right.
0: <laughs> Until today, Dan, now the truth is revealed.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. Well, I, I've told the story to the high school group. And um, even my signer, he said, what'd you do? Is when you, if that happens, you stop right there, go right to that coach by third base and say, I have a equipment malfunction. And they don't know, it could be in it, could be a strap in the back, you know, and then come back out. He says, that's how you handle it. He says, you don't finish the half inning.
0: (laughs) That's probably the better advice. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. uh, Thank you, young man, whoever that catcher was in front of you.
1: Took care of me. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So I'm continuing to read some of the notes that you shared with me, Dan, uh, before our discussion here today. And you've already mentioned once uh, the transition between high school and community college when you started back in the 07, 08, somewhere around there. And you said specifically, Dan, that that really upgraded your skills on the big field. So obviously the level of play is higher, but what specifically changed for you uh, between the high school experience and the community college experience, from an umpiring perspective, it's
1: pretty serious baseball at yeah. that level. Yeah, I mean the coaches, their job is on the line. Sure, if they don't win ball games, we're in the high school level. He could be a math teacher, you know, and he's still there. Sure, but those coaches, their job is on the line, so they don't want you to make any mistakes. Of course, and we know we make them. I mean, you know how coaches are very first game of the season, they want you to be absolutely perfect and then improve from that point on. <laughs> so it's just the uh I found that getting the respect from the coaches took longer than high school work. Um even the ones that I thought I was good with, one little strange thing happening in a baseball game and they came out <laughs> screaming <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh yeah. interesting yeah Dan, one of my recent guests was um, Liz Hammerschmidt, who's yes. an NCAA uh, D one softball. softball umpire. Yeah, she was terrific, and she told me something about her experience that was interesting to me. She said that the coaches that she works with, they've already done their research on her. oh yeah, uh, to find out where she's coming from, what her tendencies are, I, I would imagine. Did you ever find that when you were working at the community college level, or do you think that that's something that is maybe just one level up from there?
1: No, I think they do that in high school too now because oh, okay, all okay. of our games are scheduled on the Arbiter. Do you guys use Arbiter? We do. For scheduling. Okay. Yeah. And coaches can see who's assigned for that ball game Sure. and they can do whatever research they want from that point on. So, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, I think they do their homework on that uh, to find out about you, your experience. Um, are you a rookie uh, or have you done playoffs? You know, that type of thing. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it can make a, a difference on your interaction with the coach during that game. Sure.
0: And sometimes at that plate meeting, you get, a, you get a sense one way or the other, I bet.
1: I remember I really screwed up at one plate meeting at a college level. <laughs> It was San Francisco Community College against somebody, but it wasn't at either at their at their field that that year their field was being redone. So it was done at this other park. That's just a neutral field. OK, and I went to it and I, I guess my mind went crazy or something went happen at the plate meeting. But I looked at both coaches. I said, who's the home
0: team? <laughs> yeah, yeah what do you mean you don't know who the home
1: team is? <laughs> oh, that was, didn't start that one too well.
0: <laughs> Lesson learned.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We got well, to do our homework first too, before a yeah. game. Definitely. I look up the coaches, their first names, if I don't know them, so that uh, so I I can greet them with a good handshake and a first name basis from the
0: get-go. Doesn't that just make all the difference? I, I know you're going to agree with this. Just getting to know a coach by first name, um, shaking the hand, demonstrating the respect, and you're already starting on the right foot. And this is true from Little League all the way up to college and and the pros. Um, no question.
1: Absolutely. And and I like it when they call me by my first name, too. So mm-hmm. we, we both know who we are and what our jobs are, and but we both respect each other. I like that.
0: Do you extend that to catchers that you work with?
1: Do you oh, prefer yeah. to
0: be on a first name basis with your catchers?
1: Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. right. Um, right at the, right after coming down yep. and I brush the plate, I put out my hand, I shake that catcher's hand. I say, I'm Dan. Yep. And he tells me his name. I said, Hey, we'll work great together. Uh, I do that in front of everybody right then and there, right after I sweep the plate,
0: I have the exact same habits and, uh, I, I need to write them down, uh, on my card. I do. I need to make absolutely sure because I feel like I'll number. just yeah. you see their number more yeah, than it? Exactly. Yeah, I do too. It's just so easy to skip it over and, and go through yeah. the motions and and before you know it you're you're walking yeah. back and putting your mask on and thinking, "I don't know what this kid just told me." Yes. It, it can go that fast.
1: I do the same thing. I wait till the half inning to write it down though. I don't do it right after he tells <laughs> there me. You go. Optics. I keep, yeah, I just keep his name fresh in my mind for at least 3 outs <laughs> and then write it down. Works good. In fact, in bet- uh, at the high school level, you get made pitches from the beginning. From that point on, it's five maximum, from right. second engine on down. And I say, hey, Joe, five, as he walks up, five uh, pitches maximum. You control it. And I walk away. Now, I never have to do two more because I said, you control it. And he knows I'm in charge of this.
0: Oh, I That's like great, that.
1: It's a great tip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm stealing that one, Dan.
1: Yeah, take it
0: take it. I'm stealing it. Yeah, I,
1: it works You good. know,
0: I, I've been in the habit of saying two more. I think that yeah. comes from little league where we have sure. to have a little more direct control over things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is fantastic. I, I bet 95% of the catchers you tell that to step up to the challenge of they taking do. responsibility. They take care of it. They yeah. take
1: care of it and it works great.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Keep keep bringing those man. I'm taking notes for myself here. This is a this is a very <laughs> helpful podcast episode we're making right now, yeah. So Dan, let me ask you a little bit more about your game. We're kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit, some uh, fine details, which is awesome, about how you work games. Uh what kind of umpire are you on the high school and the and the college field when you were working those games? What uh what would those coaches uh what would those coaches tell me? after they've uh, played a game where you're working the plate for them?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing is so important, as you know. If you're just a two-man crew, you walk out together before the game, and you walk out with purpose. Um, you could still be smiling. Uh, you're happy to be there without laughing, but um, and dress pro- uh, sharply, cleanly, pressed, Shiny shoes, you know what I'm talking about. Yep, that's the first reaction because if a coach doesn't know you, the players don't know you, the fans probably don't. They're they're watching. Their eyes are on the two umpires walking on the field. Anything else going on doesn't matter, and you know that they are watching you. So how you carry yourself up to that first part and the plate meeting, um, I think is is extremely important uh, to to set the tone of how you're going to manage the ball game without being over ego. You don't have to be, uh, you can be calm about everything, slow it down a bit. And, um, uh, they can see the respect from the get go. I think how you treat them.
0: And Dan, uh, you're still involved. Aren't you with, um, training and instructing some of the local high school umpires in your area? Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. The organization okay. I, I'm, with uh i've been a a trainer one of the uh, umpire trainers in the group um every every year for probably at least the last 10 years uh the, the training i like I, eh, maybe because i was a teacher for all those years too you know so uh, i like doing it i like um helping um young umpires or our new umpires yeah, yeah. young or old
0: on a year-by-year basis, uh, how many brand-new guys and gals do you have coming out to join up with your high school association, roughly?
1: There's an interesting turnover. So it's funny you mentioned. It was about 80 in our group, and and probably, you know, it could be 15 come and go during a given – for whatever reason, move out, job, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we miss some of those – very experienced umpires that have to leave for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, for sure. But um, that's what I'm really watching those 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 new guys come in.
0: In your first year of high school, you were noticed, and you got a few varsity games and even that playoff game. Yeah. So what are you now looking for, Dan, when you work with those new umpires, those 12, 15 new umpires per year? Uh, what are the things that catch your eye, that then have you going to them and and having conversations about moving up or getting more um, opportunities quickly?
1: Yeah. I I think I look uh, a lot at hustle. I think that's really important. Um, even before a game, if I'm on first base, if I got the bases, I got the field, um, after, after our plate meeting and I give a bump to my, uh, my plate guy, I hustle. I don't walk. I can walk. This guy's yeah. got eight pitches. but I hustle to my spot. In fact, I go a little further towards the outfield, just to kind of loosen up a little bit and stretch yeah. a little bit more and then come back to my position. But uh, hustle is important to me. Uh, I don't like laziness at all on the field. Um, it's our job to hustle. Like hey, when I break up a, a something at the pitcher's mound, a meeting, Um, I'm going to beat the catcher or at least stay with him to the plate. I'm not going to let him get ahead of me. And so I think that's important. So I look for that on the new umpires and Uh and I I tell them how important that is. People are watching you the entire game. Uh, You don't get a chance to go in the dugout every half inning like the players do. We're still out there. (laughs) So how you look, how you put your hands, you know, know, all that stuff uh, is rather important. So I do look for hustle. I look for um, I, can, I can see which guys like this and are going to improve okay. during a, a weekend clinic, I can see an improvement. I go, "This guy's going to be good." So when I see a young umpire actually listen, improve, do what we tell them to do, and I see them do that through that weekend clinic, I keep my eye on him and say, I want to work with him on a game. That's yeah, what I want to do. Yeah. And I asked my side. go ahead. Yeah, put me on a game with him. He's new, and, and, uh, and I want to work with him.
0: <laughs> well, and lucky for that umpire to uh, have that opportunity with you and some of the other veteran umpires that you work with.
1: It's all fun. Yeah, I love yeah. working with everybody.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. You can see that spark sometimes, can't you? Yeah. And yeah. that's so nice to see because we all have the same problem. We're all looking for umpires everywhere we can get yeah. them. So when you see that little spark in somebody, boy, you gotta pounce on it, don't you?
1: Yes, you do. Yeah, you want his name, and and you you want to want to tell him, hey, you're looking good out there. Yeah, you're doing the job.
0: This this podcast has been fun, Dan, and maybe you've heard on a couple prior episodes. I always chuckle when I hear an umpire tell a story of his or her first conversation with maybe a. Uh, 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 a mentor or a veteran umpire and this person will say yeah i just said uh, hey i'm thinking about checking out umpiring and next thing you know they're giving them gear they're telling them what field to go work on and they're wishing them good luck <laughs> that's just such a common tale for all well that. i
1: got one on that story <laughs> if you want to hear it
0: have a, I, I, I wonder which side of that story you're on
1: well i i can remember when uh my wife was working at a at a bank and the, the branch manager, she would notice around 3.30 in the afternoon, he'd go to the men's room and come out with an umpire uniform and <laughs> off he'd go. So she asked him what's going on. And he's he says he's a Little League umpire. And he says, "Is your husband? Does he do baseball or anything? And she well, he coached for, for quite a while. But right now, no. And he says, well, have him come by and watch me. I'm going to do a game in your league close to your house tonight. Have him watch me. So I, we went. And I watched him. And I told my wife, I said, I think I want to do this now. I want to get yeah. back. I know for sure. I want to get back. I want to get into it again and get trained and do it right. So uh, he he took me under his wing. Uh, his name's Chuck Latra, okay. and he uh, was my first mentor, and uh, him and another guy named Bill Stone. But Chuck took me, he said, we're going to do, I'm going to put you on the schedule, Dan. Me and you, two games a week, Tuesday and Thursday, Canterbury Park Little League, it's you and me. So, the first two games, I did the bases and he did the plate. And the following week, the first game, he says, Dan, here's my equipment, put it on, and you're doing the plate tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. So, I did the plate. The next, and then after that evening, we were, we're having our post game, he says, he gives me this catalog. Uh, at that time, umpire catalog uh it was plus pause in the old days that was uh-huh. a pretty big one in those days yep, 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 yep. he says get out your credit card buy yourself some equipment and by the way you see these plate shoes of mine they're just almost brand new he says, i've only used them twice so when you order all your equipment order some plate shoes but order size 10 for me these are going to be yours and i said well what's up they're too small for them. <laughs> i said well what size are they he goes they're just your size <laughs> <laughs> That was my first mentor. Uh, <laughs> we we had fun. We did lots of games together. and that's uh, great. But that's how that's how I started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was the beginning for you.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Like so many of the rest of us, somehow we just find ourselves falling into this thing. And and uh, for you, thirty plus years later, here we are having this conversation.
1: Yeah, well, it's kind of neat because I've had quite a few mentors in the various levels, and now I'm kind of a mentor too many umpires. I like that. That's good.
0: Do you think that has to do with your background as an educator? At least partially, right?
1: Partially, yes. Uh, I was a teacher for 20 years and then an academic counselor for 19 years. Oh, and I okay. finished it's, My job is head counselor at a, at a local high school. Okay, great job. I uh, wouldn't take anything away from my career. Yeah, it's been great. Don't regret it. Uh, I actually get it pretty good pension and I can't complain. There's not too many jobs that have that anymore, you know, so it's all good.
0: Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And the other part, I I want to hear your thoughts on this, Dan, because I've heard you say this phrase uh, two or three times now already. And that is the idea of giving back Mm -hmm. several times over the course of your career. And as you started umpiring and as you continued, you said, I want to give back. That's what you said to yourself. And uh, just talk to me a little bit about that component, will you? Because that's that's an area that I'm personally very interested about. I, I, lo- I look at umpiring as a service, as a public service, and so many of us do. Um, I sense that you're cut from the same cloth. So can you talk about what it means to you to give back?
1: Yeah, I think... Um... When I was coaching my, my boys, when they were in Little League Baseball, I was fortunate. They took me as the manager, and, and when to become a a major, league, a major manager for Little League 11-, uh, 12-year-olds, I mean, I had to go through a interview process, you know, yeah, with, with yeah. the board and all that stuff. Good. And they liked me. And so since I was so fortunate to be able to manage my kids, my two boys, you know, going through Little League Baseball. And a little bit after that, not too much after, but a little bit after that, it kind of uh, that's when I first put the seed in, you know, in there. I think I'm going to give back as a volunteer one way or the other. I'm not sure which, you know, is a field maintenance, you know, the guy that does a barbecue. I don't know. But I'm going to give back to Little League as a community service, just as you said. Yes. And uh, then I found that umpiring is is the right spot. I mean, heck, we got the best seat in the house at every single ball game. If you're sure doing do. the plate. So, uh, I found umpiring was was my niche, and uh, got a lot of training and uh, and I'm a trainer now. so i am I give back to Little League. it's all volunteer. I give back to the high school being an instructor and a, and, a, and a mentor, I guess, uh, for the younger ones and and uh, found my spot in college for about eight years. I, I stopped doing college after 2014 because, you know, um, I started slowing down, I guess, a little bit, my hustle, because <laughs> I could be on the field, first base umpire, and a guy hits one in the gap. I'm taking the shortcut, and he's beating me to third base. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe this is uh, – maybe uh, I shouldn't do this one anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I do miss fast. working. I do miss working with the college instructors – or college umpires – because um uh they up your your game yeah they're, they're good they're good on their pre and post games and uh and and they they just ups you up a next level it, re- it really yeah. is good for that yeah. in fact by doing college now that i do just high school in little league i feel so confident all the time doing a high school game i don't care what level it is because i've i've done the next one up before yeah you know, I, so it's a good feeling yeah I like to give back. It's, uh, and training is my best way. And also just being on the field with umpires experienced or inexperienced ones. I just enjoy working with all levels. So I give back that way too.
0: Well, Dan, let's start talking a little 2012 here. And, uh, as you mentioned, you had quite a year, (laughs) you had quite a year, my friend. And, uh, one of the highlights of your year, it's amazing that this was just one of the highlights of that year for you, was uh, being selected to work at the Little League Baseball World Series in Williamsport. And boy, this is a podcast in itself, of course, but yeah, <laughs> can you share some of your memories about that tournament? And uh, and then, of course, tell us about uh, your your final two games that you worked that year
1: sure what's interesting is to get to that tournament you have to do the regional first yes and I did the Western region in 1999 Um, and so I was on the list only only have one person on the list in our district for 13 straight years Um, my DA's you know batting for me every time and I figured maybe it's coming up soon and then maybe not. I don't know. I did a Junior's World Series in 06 in Taylor, Michigan, and that was great. Yeah. But in, in 2012, my name really didn't come up that year. This, some A lot of people don't know. The guy from Asia couldn't make it. And so he got back oh. to Little League. And so Little League says, well, let's give it to Western Region. So it, about the time when the Western Region director... Got note that they they could nominate instead of two that year three, they already had their two. Yeah, Uh, my DA I think was on the phone with her at that time (laughs) or just about that
0: time. Yeah,
1: and she said, "Well, what about my guy?" And uh, April goes, "She goes, yeah, okay, let's let Dan do it. He's good. Yeah, he'll be great." And that so I got my letter two or three weeks later than everybody else, and the letter thing was a is a whole story that. Oh yes, of
0: course. Yeah. Now, Dan, wait a second. You you couldn't have been expecting that because the no, the crews had already been selected, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness! I didn't goodness.
1: know anything about the, what happened until you know I was told later that the guy from Asia couldn't make it that year, so work related <laughs> or something. So I was like a an add on, so sort to of <laughs> speak. So I go in there and I to trip to Williamsport and I I decided to visit my sister first in Washington D.C. area stayed at her house for about three days to get my time acclimated, you know, the three hours and all that sleep and all that drove up from there, rented a car to Williamsport, saw that part of the country, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, I almost got a speeding ticket at a speeding trap downhill. And I talked to the, <laughs> the officer and he says, Oh, Williamsport, you're, you're going there. And I, and I told him I was umpiring coming up next week. And he said, you know, I used to live in Williamsport. I used to go to the World Series all the time as a kid. And I gave my umpire pin, one of my Little League World Series, And he says, ah, I'll get somebody else later
0: <laughs> so, I love anyway. it.
1: So I drove up to Williamsport. Score and, one for the and, umpires. Yeah. And to finally see those 16 guys that you've been emailing with for the past three or four months, you know, to finally yeah. see them and meet together. That's wonderful. And we exchange exchanged some gifts and so on. I had the first game, and I didn't want to do the first game behind the plate because they had like 14 pages of scenarios of, of all their um, challenges, situations, and, and I read it over many times when it could be got it early, a month early, and I even, even that night, I was reading it in the hotel room and I fell asleep, papers mm. were all over. But um, I'm glad I had Game one uh, now, now in retrospect. I did a really good job, I think. I had a lot of people in the stands, my umpire friends and some other people say, "Dan, you set the bar. You you did a great job. Uh, Yeah, you 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 had a great game, and I did. But then, so the way that works out, you the coordinators are very good about trying to give you two plates, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds, two lefts, and two right field lines. And it depends who's playing. When Petaluma, California team is playing, I'm watching in the stands. Yeah. That's the rules. And we all know that going into this stuff. So um everybody's getting kind of their second plate, except for a few guys. And I'm one of the few guys I figure either I really screwed up or they are saving me. It's one or the other. Right. <laughs> so the problem is uh, Petaluma was still in it in the in the US championship game against Tennessee. So They gave me the international final plate, and I was happy as can be to get that. That was just great. And uh, I can remember after the game, bringing all my equipment out of the locker, taking it to the hotel, cleaning it off, let it dry on the bed, and going back that night to watch the U.S. championship game, Palum in Tennessee. Well, I don't know if you remember that game. It was 40 runs. but uh, I don't. Oh, my goodness. After six innings at the bottom of the sixth, Petaluma was behind by 10 runs. And then Petaluma started to rally and they couldn't get him out. Oh my God! And double, and home run, and double. Before you know it, there was a guy in third and the score was tied. They got 10 runs in the bottom of the sixth with a guy in third. Well, they finally got the third out. They went to the seventh inning. Poor Petaluma ran out of pitching by then and yeah. Tennessee still hit. And they ended up winning the game in the seventh inning. And I looked at my wife. I said, you know, maybe. I'll get the right field line or something tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe not. It's okay. I did the championship international plate today. Who knows? Because Petaluma's out. Well, they had a big meeting that night, the poopas of uh, the league and ESPN <laughs> and all that stuff. And and I got the call for the plate again for the final game. I, mean, I don't think it's been done in, in, in modern times. Uh, for what a shock gets,
0: that must have been.
1: It was. It was really, it was a shock to me. I think it was a shock to my 16 umpire crew. Well, I... <laughs> you know, uh, but, um, that game only went five innings. I think the first game was my best, uh, my favorite of all, but that game only went five innings because, uh, Japan 10 run them by then. And I'm looking at these posters. I got these 24 by 36 posters of me, you know, Little league world series. I got yeah. three of my office here at home. and, I think about it every day, Jason, every day. I think about the Little League World Series and I will for the rest of my life. I know it.
0: <laughs> Congrats. What a great week. Well, week plus. And yeah. uh, Jeez, man, yeah. so great. And and you just are so happy for every umpire brother and sister that gets that call every year. Um, and to all of the World Series and regional tournaments as well. You know, it's, it's such a joyous time. You mentioned your letter, We've talked about other umpires letters on this show and, and you and I have both heard so many stories from, from our friends and partners. Good stuff. It's really good stuff. It's wonderful. Let's uh, let's wrap this up with just one question and I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to indulge myself here, Dan. I have a question for myself that I'd like to ask you, you know, I'm, um, I'm less than 10 years into my umpiring career and I'd like to keep on going with this thing for a long, long time. What do I need to know? I'm an umpire that, that loves it. I take it seriously. I, I try to do my very best every single game, no matter what level, like you've described. Um, I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do for being the level that I'm at as an amateur umpire. But what do I need to do now to keep on doing this and keep on serving for another 20, 25 years. What advice would you give me? Mm. Uh,
1: you got to be involved, if we're talking, let's say, Little League first, got to be involved in your um, local Little League, uh, maybe the chief umpire of the district. That's what I am for the past 20 years. Your DA gets to know you real well, because a DA, he or she, you know, puts recommendations out for regionals and for World Series, and you work yourself up the ladder, you get, you get noticed. So that part is important. Um, Networking with a lot of umpires at all different levels is important. Just talking, having a beer with them, you know, uh, after a game or, or, or seeing one at a, at a, at a uh, minor league game and you're talking, you know, um, all the networking part is important because There are so many good umpires out there. I mean, there are some, so many, and for you to be alone selected for this regional or this World Series or this playoff games at college level or whatever it's going to be, it's like you know that you're good, but there's others that are just as good or better, and it's it's part luck, you know. It really is. In my case, it was. Uh, one of the, my uh, sayings that I go by is life is timing. I just don't mean timing when you're calling balls and strikes. <laughs> it's mean the right place at the right time with the right people, I guess. Yeah, timing yeah. helps. Yeah, it's a whole package.
0: We'll keep on doing that. We'll keep on doing that in person and uh, every so often on a podcast over Skype <laughs> like we're doing sure. right now. Sure. Um, let's hope that you and I, Dan, as we talked about offline, can uh, run into one another in person next year. When we both will be spending a little time on little league fields, uh, down in your area in the summertime, Mm -hmm. that would be a great joy. So I certainly hope that will happen. Um, and I just thank you again, Dan, this has been a lot of fun to learn about your journey. And I have a strong sense that if we could go another four and a half hours that you could fill it for me. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I probably could
0: (laughs) we'll save that for another time or maybe for the uh, maybe for the lunch in person next summer what do you say
1: I like it sounds good Jason I appreciate being on the show it's really good
0: well thank you for everything that you've shared with us today and um, hey take care of yourself we'll see you next time okay Dan thank you so much well there you have it for today so nice to spend a little time with a guy like Dan 70 years young and still going strong with so much to share and to give back to umpiring. I think you heard in our chat that I picked up a few nice little tips today. Maybe you did too. And certainly a good bit of inspiration to continue to press on and give it everything I've got both on the field and with the umpires that come into my life. So, yeah, that was great. Dan, thank you for inspiring me today. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening today. The Umpire Inspired podcast, it's for you. And I'd love to hear any feedback or comments you have on the show or on our guests. Send me a short note anytime at jason at umpireinspire.com or message me over on the Umpire Inspire Facebook page. I really like getting to know you all, and I feel so, so fortunate to have uh, met so many cool people through this show. It's, it's been awesome. Okay, one final note before we sign off for today. I would like to send out my thanks to Mark Hood, who joined the Umpire Inspire crew this week by becoming a contributor on Patreon. Patreon is a way for folks to directly support artists and creators that they love. And so if you haven't yet, you can visit umpireinspire.com support to find out about the rewards you can earn by becoming a contributor and why this show is listener supported. I hope you all have a terrific week and I'll see you next time on the Umpire Inspire podcast.